Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, episode 35, just 15 episodes shy of episode 50. That's going to be big time when we get to 50 and then 52 for our one year anniversary as well. Big things coming for Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. We thank you all for joining us on this beautiful journey. We started oh so many months ago. I'm Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, fresh off a Packer game that we'll get into, but other than that, how are you? I'm doing great. It was a good weekend here in Milwaukee, and now we have to talk some sports, so it gets even better. There's nothing better than talking sports. I mean, this is our life at this point, and it, it's a good one at that. Don't forget our YouTube, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew, Facebook, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. A lot of content coming your way yesterday. My UFC recap was up. I talked about UFC 268, which had some bangers in there. I talked about UFC 267, which happened last week. It wasn't an actual pay-per-view. So I didn't get into a full recap for it, but I just talked about that in this most recent one. And then I talked about Canelo, Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant as well. Undisputed super middleweight title fight. A lot of stuff happened. That was like a, almost a 30 minute recap. So one of the deep, deep dives, one of the longer ones I've ever did. Hopefully you guys do enjoy it and maybe get some new fans or get some new eyes on the product. And other than that, this coming, we got to figure out the schedule for this week, right? This Wednesday, it's going to be Mary Satori. I interviewed Mary. That interview's done. It's in the books, ship season recap. And then we talk about just kind of Mary's high school career, four years on varsity. And the next year, Minnesota Duluth is where she'll be playing college volleyball. So that'll be fun. And then what else do we have coming up this week, Drew? So Friday, we, you might have a cross-country recap coming your way. And it's going to be kind of like a cross-country special. And we're going to interview some participants who actually ran at the state meet uh, November or October 30th. So at Wisconsin Rapids. So that'll be a great episode if you want to listen to that. And then. We also might have maybe a fantasy football episode coming your way very soon. I mean, that, that was supposed to be done weeks ago. It's just, yeah, we've been we so busy. Yeah. We've had three or four episode weeks and it just hasn't fit in the schedule. So we're hoping to really air, air that very soon. And it'll be up to date, of course, with the week fa- the fantasy from the week prior. So it won't be anything really outdated. So that'll be a fun listen as well. But we, we just have a lot of good stuff planned. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton coming up for the sports crew and our hoodies as well. We're hoping. It said guaranteed delivery date of November 18th. That's 10 days from now, or if you're listening, on Monday when this drops. So we'll have to see. You never know. But let's give our shout-out of the week. Howard's Grove, how about it? Brett Damro came on the podcast just mere weeks ago. Now his team has won state. I believe it was a three-peat. They said they beat Oconto in the semifinals. This was back on Friday, 25-8, 26-24, 25-11. Not even close in that semifinal, and then defeating Lake Country Lutheran, the number two seed, Howard Grove, gets the job done, 25-23, 25-15, and 25-17. So, Drew, I mean, obviously, we weren't there, didn't get to watch these games. you got to pay for them, which kind of sucks. They, I think they used to be on TV, but now they like kind of switched things. So, sadly, we didn't end up paying, didn't watch the games, but that's huge for Lutheran, or not Lutheran, Lutheran lost to Howard's Grove. Huge for Howard's Grove, winning state again. Yeah, um, I actually wish Brett Dameron good luck before the state championship game. So I'm, I hope my luck is what kind of put them over the top there. But it, it's a lot. Congrats to that Howard's Grove team. I mean, Brett Dameron, he puts in a lot of work. He came on to talk about it. He's just he's a great guest. And we, we want to actually have him on again after state after the state gate or after state. And I mean, he agreed to it. So we'll see if we'll have that coming your way very soon as well. So be on the lookout for that. Can't wait to hear his thoughts on the whole state experience and everything. Now they actually got a normal season back under their belt. And Oconwalk did beat Appleton North, swept them. So the team that defeated the ships in three sets ends up winning it all. 
Same thing with what happened with the Brewers. Lose to the Braves. Braves win it all. So really no shame in losing there. And speaking of our stats of the week, World Series related. So there's only three of them, but all three are related to this World Series. And let's start with the Braves team, the aforementioned Atlanta Braves. They were 44 and 45 at the All-Star break. One game under 500. They join the 1964 Cardinals as the only teams to go from a losing record at the All-Star break to World Series champs. So just commitment there with the squad. I mean, obviously losing some guys early in the year, and here they are, end up winning it all. Max Fried, a star pitcher for the team. He's the first since Brett Saberhagen in 85 with six scoreless innings pitched and no walks in a potential World Series clincher. I mean, Drew, Max Fried, he was just an absolute stud throughout the whole series. He really was, and we saw him in the NLDS, I believe, at Milwaukee, or it might have been. I think it was, yeah, for game two, but he, he was, sure. yeah, he played, he pitched very well this whole postseason. Guys like him and Matzik and I, I don't even know, like everyone on that team. I mean, some of those guys pitched over their head, you might say, but like they, they came up when they needed to. And it just really showed for this Atlanta Braves team. And speaking of another man that really stepped up, Freddie Freeman, the man who single-handedly ended the Brewers season. He has now finally ended a streak of his. He was third in a group. Of players for the most seasons with a single team before winning a World Series. He spent 12 seasons with these Braves before they finally got the job done. Only players above him, Clayton Kershaw, 13 seasons, and Ryan Zimmerman with 15 seasons. So Freddie Freeman now finally gets the job done. And anything else are we going to save our, the rest of our World Series talk? Let's save the rest of the World Series talk. Good idea. Let's move to on this day, November 8th. 2021 is our date today. Not a whole lot, but I got five things I was able to pick out on this day in 1970. They're all pretty recent. Tom Dempsey of the Saints kicks a record 63-yard field goal. So this one kind of threw me because I didn't even realize they were kicking field goals of this range back in the day, like 63 yards. That's a long time for being in 1970. Yeah, and uh, now, I mean, what's the record? 67? Uh, It's something. 66, I think, Tucker hit. 66. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, 63 back in 1970, I was very surprised to see that. So a little hockey here on the same 1991, Paul Coffey set a defenseman scoring mark with his 311th goal. So certainly a lot there for a defenseman in the national hockey league. Let's go three years later on the same 1994, the Cavaliers play their first game at the Gund arena, losing to the Rockets just by two points, 198. Let's go three more years ahead of time on the same 1977. The Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Devil Rays named their first manager, Larry Rothschild. So the Devil Rays, did they just remove Devil and now they're normal? Or Yeah, in the mid-2000s, mid that was done. Okay. Um, I, I don't know the exact reason why. They kind of did like some rebranding with the logo and whatnot. So that was, the, that was a part of it. Okay, interesting. I like the Devil Rays, but it also kind of sounds like a AAA or AA name. It doesn't sound a whole lot professional. So on this day in 2008, the 18th College Football Holy War as Boston College shut out Notre Dame 17 to nothing that game at Chestnut Hill, Boston College, huge win over the fighting Irish. So that's all we got now. It's going to be a jam-packed weekly sports talk segment. We get to talk some Packers, but before we do it, stamps.com, finally a formal transition to the ad. And here we go. That ad will be airing right now. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. 
Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle on Etsy, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment, and within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stance.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeliness to easily find the best option. Save money and time with Stance.com. Guys, there's no risk, and with our promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. One more time, our promo code is P-O-D at Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, thanks to Stamps.com. Special thank you to Stamps.com once again. We got renewed for the month of November. Partnership can continue. Go on to the website. Go on to the webpage, use that promo code P-O-D at stamps.com. So we thank you, stamps.com, for the partnership. Podgo is rebranding, so we'll have to figure out if we can. I'm assuming we'll be able to keep airing it throughout the month. I don't think that'll get a whole lot of affected, but we'll have to see. You never know. So, Drew, it's in your hands once again. What are we going to talk about first? We just watched the Packers. We were talking about the World Series just a few minutes ago. So it's in your hands. I mean, we got Badgers. We got Bucks. Let's go right to baseball. Let's just get it done. I mean, season's done. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, the season has come and gone, and we waited, and thankfully we did because the series didn't actually end on that Sunday we were recording last week. So six games it goes, 6-2 win for the Braves, 7-2 win for the Astros. We're all tied up at 1-1 in the series, and the Braves wins game 3-4, and 2-0, and 3-2. Astros come back in game 5, but then a 7-0 clincher for the Atlanta Braves. Drew, how much of the series did you get to catch in overall thoughts at the end of the day? Braves in six, as I predicted, and I have won the Brewers Prediction Challenge. <sighs> okay, well, that, that sucks right there. I mean, losing the Brewers Prediction Challenge, but this World Series for me was interesting. Um, I was, I caught a couple games. I could have watched more, more, you'd say, and I just feel like a lot of people, this was a World Series, and that was not, like, not watched a lot. I mean, it was. it's actually... Of the average audience, it's two, down two million compared to a uh, usual 162 game season World Series. It's down two million compared to 2019, which says a lot. Um, and just the World Series overall, I mean, there's some good games in there, some close ones, but there's also some stinkers like Game Six. I mean, it's kind of tough to like; those are tough games to watch, especially in the World Series. But it's it's great for this Atlanta Braves team. I mean, the guys who showed up big this World Series or in the postseason in general for the Atlanta Braves. Guys like Eddie Rosario, who came from the Indians at the trade deadline, or a guy like Adam Duvall, who came from the Marlins at the deadline, or even like Jorge Soler, their leadoff hitter with that home run, even to start game one off the, the first at bat. And that's just guys, their whole outfield, they practically redid their outfield. The Atlanta Brave front office made the move to redo the outfield, uh, get some guys at the deadline. And that's that's really what to put this team over the edge. And that just shows, shows how valuable the deadline is. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Freddie Freeman, like we mentioned in the stats of the week, finally a World Series champion, but they're going to have to pay up now because they did not offer an extent or he was not extended at all in prior years. So they're going to have to pay him for free agency. And he's going to be 
I'm sure he'll come back, but there, he'll be making a lot of money now. So, I mean, that's that's a bummer there for the Braves front office after all these great trades they've made, even with Jock Peterson. I mean, didn't mention him. I mean, didn't really come up that big other than the NLDS, but just this Braves team. Tyler Matzik, like I said, also pitching against Max Fried, Ian Anderson, those guys. Just a big, I don't know, just a great performance for the Atlanta Braves in the postseason. It compares very well to that 2019 Nationals team. Get, gets hot at the right time, wins the World Series. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And I think the Braves just had such a better rotation pitching-wise compared to the Astros. Really set them up over the edge. And to go back to your Freeman comment, he'll deserve every penny he makes, but certainly the Braves are going to have to give him quite a bit more money than what's happening now. And Jock Peterson, he was just a better pinch hitter in the series. Whenever they had him in the lineup, he was going like 0 for 4, 1 for 4. I mean, he wasn't really having big games when he was playing the whole nine innings or however long they kept him in. I tried to watch, or not tried to watch, but I watched game one a little bit. I had it on. And then game two I had on. And then it was 5 to 1 after two innings. And I was like, man, how much do I really need to watch of this? You know, you can just kind of turn it off and then check back in later. Or keep checking your phone to see if it's a good game. Game four was the best game out of the bunch. It was 3-2, closest game. I mean, game three wasn't awful either, but... It's just, it comes down to, you know, your preference also. It was a 1-0 game until the eighth inning. So if you're not a big fan of that, well, then you're not going to enjoy it. But game six, a stinker at its finest. I mean, a 7 nothing clincher to win the World Series. It's good if you're a Braves and put up three runs in the third and three in the fifth. But, I mean, who's really watching that at that point? It's 6-0 going into the bottom of the fifth inning. Like, what's the point, you know? But, yeah, it's just... The teams weren't the best either. I mean, like fan-wise, they didn't have a whole lot of big names compared to past years. And I feel like baseball is still trying to find itself since COVID where viewership really took a hit. And now, I mean, we just got to look ahead to next year, right? Hopefully things can turn around. Yeah, and uh, game six being the most viewed game, only 13 point, or it was basically 14 million. And usual game sixes other than uh, last year's COVID year, whatever, 16.4 22.2, 23.3. It's just, it's just not the same, you know. I mean, attend or viewership wise, and like you mentioned, I mean, like the two teams that like these teams got hot at the right time, make it to the World Series. I mean, that's how you're going to see it in any sport, really. Teams getting hot at the right time, and um, just in this series, we saw team 88 wins, 95 wins. So you're not even seeing like. There, there was teams with 100 plus wins on both sides, and they didn't make the World Series. Which, I mean, that, that's sometimes how it goes. I mean, that's that's the postseason. But when you when you see teams like this in the World Series, and like the Atlanta market was actually pretty huge considering the ticket sales and just their fans, they showed up in the World Series, Jordan and uh, Houston as well. I mean, they always show up. They've been they've been spoiled down in Houston five straight years making a championship series or, or World Series, and yeah, so. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm glad. Um, I mean, I'm glad the Braves won, considering they were the underdog, and considering they beat the Brewers. So, yeah, I guess go Braves. I, that was my thing too. If we're gonna lose to a team, we might as well lose to a team who won it all, and we did just that. I would have loved to see a team like the Giants down in the World Series. I mean, they had such a big year, and Buster Posey's done now. So I know you wanted to talk about him a little bit, but what a career! And all of a sudden, this year just comes out of nowhere, putting up these huge numbers. I don't have them up in front of me, but. It was an insane year. Tough to see them go out so early, but Buster Posey, I mean, what's his future? Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, you bringing that, the Hall of Fame thing up, I think of the Hall of Fame episode with Gary Maselli, of course, that we did, and uh, based on catchers who have made the Hall of Fame, got the numbers up, 
44.9 career war, OPS plus sitting at 129 for his career, 140 in 2021. With his longevity and kind of like how his resurgence this year, champion, MVP, yeah, he'll make the Hall of Fame just fine based on guys who have made it before. We always mention, who is it, Harold? We mentioned Harold Reigns or Tim Reigns. Yeah, no, Harold, Tim Reigns it is, sorry. Tim, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned him making the Hall of Fame which is kind of interesting. So I think if he made it, I think anyone can make it of like, if you're good or great. And I think Posey being a catcher, he'll, he'll be in just fine. I don't know about first year, but he'll make it in. Yeah. And like you said, the longevity thing too, for how long these guys are in the league. That's the thing with baseball is you can play it a long time if you're good and you're consistent. So I assume we'll see him in there as well, but it's just a Correction. matter of time at this point. Oh, sorry. I met Harold Baines. That's the guy. It is just had to, to do. I, I knew it was some hair. I knew it was Harold or Tim. It's Harold Baines. That's who we're okay. talking about. Good. We always got to be correct on here. So it's good that he made that correction. But now we'll shift to our Brewers real quick. There's a few things to talk about. JBJ, of course, is going to be back with the team, picked up the option. And a man that didn't is obviously El Garcia. So we're without Garcia. But you said possibly there's a chance we might still get him back. Yeah, I think. Obviously, Garcia, there's a chance, like you just mentioned. But what's going to happen, it's going to be interesting because there's a qualifying offer. They can extend to him $18.4 million one year, which could happen there. And also, I mean, based on the season, he had a 2.9 F4, 115 weight was his weighted runs created, plus 820 OPS. I mean, he was arguably the most consistent hitter on the Brewers this year, other than, I mean, like Willie Adamas and... I actually have a fun graph up here, Jordan, of guys who like just like Garcia enter free agency year based on how they performed the year prior and like contracts they got. So they compare guys. I mean, Kobe Rasmus in 2015, Josh Reddick of 2017, Nick Castellanos of 2020. And these guys, the uh, the average annual value was for Rasmus around 16, Reddick 13, Castellanos 16. They their war compares very similar to Garcia. So you can estimate him. If he wants a long-term deal, he'll be getting in between probably like 13 and 16 million, even based on how, it depends on how the market goes this year, but it could even be up towards the 16 that Castellanos got in 2020. So I, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be some team out there that's going to offer him a three or four year deal, kind of like with Castellanos and maybe op, like some opt out after two years or something. But if the Brewers are willing to do that, I mean, Garcia said he's willing to come back, but it just depends Honest Brewers are willing to offer him that long-term deal to give him kind of that, that stability on this team and that safety as just for himself. So, I mean, would you be interested in having Garcia back? Not for $16 million though, right? I mean, that's too much, huh? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's tough because, I mean, that's kind of how much you're going to – like, they're paying JBJ $9.5 million. It's Yeah, it's like, that, that's an outlier, though. Like, I don't even count that anymore. It, it depends on how you want to go about this. It's baseball money we're talking to. So very true. That's 16 million is actually, I mean, that, that's pretty hefty for one player. Uh-huh. And I, I'm still shocked. Kobe Rasmus got that one year, 15.8 million. That's interesting to me, but that's insane. Um, yeah, I think Garcia, I, I could imagine him coming back. Maybe I don't got one. If they offer him the qualifying offer, which I don't know if they will for that 18.4, I think. I mean, I think he would take it kind of like um, with Yasmani Grandal, but um, we'll see. I mean, because I, I think he, yeah, he took it with the Dodgers once or, or someone, he took it with some team. Um, but yeah, I, I would hope Garcia returns. I mean, I want him back as well. Oh, I, I don't I don't know financially if it, it makes sense with the Brewers, especially because the other guy I want to mention, Tyrone Taylor would be his replacement. And that'd be the logical way to assess this is, 
not pay Garcia, put the money somewhere else and roll with Taylor. So I think that's going to be the solution that David Stern's in the front office with Matt Arnold as well. They're going to take, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and I don't blame them if they do take that approach. Did you see the 14 players who received their qualifying offers today? So Sunday as we're recording. I did see that. There was some shockers on there. Yes, and Clayton Kershaw not receiving one is the biggest shocker, but just a few names here real quick to go over. Nick Castellanos did indeed get it. Freddie Freeman, um, Robbie Ray of the Blue Jays, Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, and Trevor Story, along with Noah Syndergaard and Justin Verlander, some of the biggest names in there. So I don't know if you had anything to mention on any of these guys, but I just figured I'd bring it up. Yeah, and I saw Kershaw didn't get his. Which you, yeah, he did not, which is very odd. That was the surprise of many, but I mean, with injuries, it makes sense. But just kind of like his longevity and his loyalty with the Dodgers. That was, that was what shocked me. Maybe they're working something else out, but that was an interesting one. Yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on that for sure. We'll be talking some more baseball in the offseason, but our weekly Brewer stuff, obviously now World Series, it's all come and gone. So you'll get a little baseball break, to say the least. Let's go to some box now, right? From the Brewers to the box. So as for this Bucks team, they get a win last Tuesday, so almost a week ago, beat the 1-8 Pistons. Not a great win, but a win nonetheless, 117-89. to 89. And Then lose to the Knicks on Friday, 113-98. to 98. This was on ESPN, and it was a game that the Bucks were winning. They were up like 30-15 to 15 in the first quarter. I mean, they were dominating this. And then all of a sudden, the Knicks turn things around and get the win, and as we're recording, they trail by 6 to the Wizards with just about 2.5 minutes to go. So Thoughts here for this Bucks team under 500 might be two games under 500 going into the week. Yeah, that that Bucks game. I was actually at the Knicks game. Yeah, that Friday. Not a good game. I mean, it was great to start, but it's been a struggle with the Bucks right now. It's been it's just tough right now. And they're down four right now to the Wizards as well, which is not good at all. Four and five. They're saying the hangover stuff, which we we said's outlandish last week, which it still is. And just having guys out has really been the, the main problem. It's the same problem we talked about last week. Brooke Lopez is out. Chris Middleton's out. Drew Holiday's back finally, though. But with Brooke Lopez out, the Knicks were able to exploit the pain, take advantage of offensive rebounds because there's some sets and lineups that Coach Budholzer's running where you're going to have Bobby Portis at center, which we lo- I love Bobby, 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 but like just doesn't work in terms nope. of defense and defensive rebounding. So, I mean, you can, you can get away with Giannis running, running the five, but... Without Brooke Lopez, I mean, this team's looking lost in the paint. Guys like Mitchell Robinson were taking advantage of it for the Knicks. R.J. Barrett a little bit. Even Derrick Rose we saw. We saw him driving. It looked like D-Rose from 2011 we were seeing on Friday night. So just not a good look for the Bucs right now defensively. And I know Coach Bud knows that. And they're going to have to make some changes. And, I mean, they just got to wait for these guys to come back. And I'm still not worried. I mean, the NASA started Friday. I mean, if that puts it into perspective about how how much they value these regular season games. It's yeah, I'm not worried. No. And it's still so early in the year and only be two games down. They're 10th in the conference right now, but of the Eastern conference Sixers dominating at eight and two heat seven and two nets seven and three. And then you got a bunch of teams who are just over six and three, six and three, six and three for the bulls, Knicks and wizards Cavs six and four Raptors six and five. And then the Hornets at five and five above as for the Western warriors, seven and one jazz seven and two, Mavs are sitting pretty at six and three. Suns are still doing well, five and three there. I mean, then you've got the Pelicans who are one and nine. Poor Zion and the Rockets at one and eight. So, any other just general NBA comments at all so far on the season? Or are we moving on? We're moving on. 
And as we should, let's talk about a Badger game. Oh, my goodness. So we do have to mention college basketball starting very soon. So we'll get to talk some Marquette, some Badgers, some Green Bay, some Milwaukee. I mean, we'll be talking it all. We have Patrick Baldwin Jr. coming on, hopefully very yes. soon. But and this Badger football team, my goodness, a 52-3 to win over Rutgers. Only three points were allowed in the first quarter. Graham Mertz, 11 of 16, 240 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. That pick came very early on, so doesn't count for a whole lot. And how about this in the backfield? Ches Maluzzi, 15 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Braylon Allen, 15 carries, 129 yards in a touchdown. I mean, Braylon Allen is just showing off. He's doing everything right on this team, and they're just talking so highly of him. Pryor had four catches for 72 yards. Touchdown for him, Davis, and John Chanel. One reception for one yard for him, so not bad at all. But Jake Ferguson, I still wish he was getting involved more often, but if Mertz is only throwing the ball 16 times, there's only so many receptions to go around. I mean, you got Ferguson, DK's all right, too, and then Davis and Pryor at your receiving core. It's not bad at all, and this Badger team has certainly turned things around, and they're now bowl eligible, eligible for the 20th season in a row. That's crazy. Yeah, and with that being said as well, they're tied for first, a four-way tie in the Big Ten West. It is getting wild right now in the in the Big Ten in general. It's always chaos in any Big Ten sport, but yeah, they're tied with. It's them, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota, all four and two right now, and it's going to be a gauntlet to end the year as well because, I mean, we play Minnesota to end the year as well with that. Yeah, that's going to decide the champ, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and but... Again, this 52 to 3 win, it was against Rutgers. I, I I need to emphasize it was against Rutgers. I know. I know they still put they had a great game, but even even Graham Mertz with like eleven for sixteen with three touchdowns. But this Wisconsin team, like you said, hot, very hot right now. And yeah, Ches Malusi though, Levy, he left the game in the third quarter with an injury, Jordan. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yes, he did. So non contact there, and hopefully he's he'll be okay. But, I mean, it's a Braylon Allen show right now, averaging 8.6 yards at a rush. And they also taped up his ankles, too, during the game. And they taped – they said he got, like, a little knocked up in practice during the week. So, that's a little concerning, but I think they're both going to end up being just fine. Yeah, I agree. And the next week we got – who is it? Who is it again? It's you – know. It's Northwestern and then Nebraska before Minnesota. That's who it is. And they look – they're favorited, like we talked about last week. Good chance they they can win out win out basically, and that'd be cool if they can get into the Big Ten title game. I think they got a shot. I mean, I think they're going to win the next two games at home, and then they travel to Minnesota. I believe that a game will probably determine who wins our side of the Big Ten because I'm sure it'll come down to us in Minnesota. Battle for the axe, battle for the Big Ten, and hopefully we get the job done. And then I don't even know who we're going to face in the championship, but hopefully it's uh it college football is just kind of a mess right now. Like there's so many top teams losing. And I absolutely love it. Like all of the bigger names besides like you have your Cincinnati who got screwed out of getting into the top four. But at this point in the year, it's it doesn't matter. Right. Like they're just giving the rankings at this point. Georgia and Alabama still sitting pretty at one and two. Michigan State, number three, they lost to Purdue 40 to 29. So Michigan State is definitely going to crawl down. Ohio State got another win. So they're going to be just fine. Michigan got another win as well. Eight and one Michigan ranked number seven. They'll be moving up. And then some other teams, number 12, Baylor lost to TCU by two points. 
Number 13, Auburn, lost 20-3 to to number 14, Texas A&M. But when you're just looking at top seeds losing, number 17, Mississippi State, number 18, Kentucky, both of them lost as well. They both lost by three points, actually. Then we know Minnesota lost. They got upset 14-6, to Illinois, and that's a Minnesota team now that the Badgers play in a few weeks, as we said. But with all these teams losing, Badgers get to move up in the rankings, and then the top four gets interesting because it's going to stay Georgia, Alabama 1-2, Oregon will probably go from four to three, and then Ohio State, I would assume, would go from five to four, but Cincinnati is going to still be stuck at five. It seems like everyone will just move up one, but it's getting interesting as we move ahead in the college football season. It always it's, it's always a fun discussion that teams get screwed and stuff, and we should have a bigger playoff, and we've talked plenty about that in the past, yep. so let's move on to the Paco. Paco, no, 13 to seven loss to the Chiefs, but honestly... So, like, the Packers didn't play the best. We all knew that coming in, that they had Jordan Love starting, first career start at Arrowhead, wasn't going to probably end the best. I had very low expectations coming into this game, and the Packers actually, like, were below my bad expectations already for a while. Missed kick by Crosby, not his fault. It was a bad snap that couldn't get turned around, and then the wind just completely shifted the ball over. Blocked kick, again, really wasn't their fault. The snap was high, so we had to adjust it. Kick, boom, blocked. The muffed punt, which gets challenged, went off the leg of Rodgers. Chiefs are able to take that in for an easy touchdown, and they were down 13 nothing at the half. Nothing was going right for this team, and finally in the fourth quarter, Jordan Love turned it around, but just too little too late. He threw a pick with about five minutes left as they were around the 30-yard line charging down. It was a one-on-one. He just threw it up there. Why not at that point? Jordan Love finished 19 of 34, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. His touchdown was to Al Mazzard, who made a beautiful move, just kind of ducking down and then basically went in, made the most of his only catch of the game. But big story of the game was, I would also argue that the rushing of the Packers wasn't the best. Only 12 carries for Jones and 8 for A.J. Dillon, 53 yards for Jones and 46. I don't understand why we didn't run the ball more, but... Even with Jordan Love, he rushed five times. The biggest story, though, was the Chiefs blitzing. I believe they blitzed on 18 plays in the game, which is absurd. I mean, the amount of pressure they were sending, and this isn't just a four or five man. They were sending seven guys at Jordan Love, and with a rookie quarterback, that is a recipe for success, and it worked for the most part at the end. Love got the best of them on one time, but, man, this Chiefs defense was just ferocious, and they were sending everyone. Jordan Love had no time to do anything. Yeah, he was... I mean, during the game, first start of his career, I mean, that's that's what you would expect Andy Reid and the Chiefs to do, send send seven, eight guys like you mentioned. And yeah, Love, Love didn't look, I mean, he looked okay. I mean, he didn't look great at all, I'd say, but like there was, there were some moments, some, I mean, there were some good moments he had, I would, I would say, but Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon uh, only rushing for combined 20 times kind of blew my mind. I would expect a lot more considering the circumstances, but oh well, it's a regular season game. So they're still seven and two, looking good for the playoffs. It's this game in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean much other than the aspect of the, this could be a part one of those games you look back, shake your head. Maybe if Rogers did have COVID, whatever, for like that first that bye, because as we know, the playoffs for the NFL this year, it's crazy with the expanded playoffs. So I'm I'm not worried though about this Packers team and Randall Cobb, he had three receptions, fifty yards. He he looked pretty good in his in the plays he had. He he's been a great addition to this team, re-addition, I should say, to this team. And AJ Dillon on the backfield, four receptions, forty-four yards as well was intriguing to me. 
having a 21 yard reception as as long as well during the game, which was a nice catch as well. Uh, anything else, Jordan? I, I think that it was interesting that Love and Cobb had the best connection out of the bunch. Like he missed Adams a few times late in the first half, and they were like bad too, just complete miscommunication. So Love to Cobb might be interesting, but I, I don't really know if Love is our future quarterback. I'm not concerned at this point. It's one game, it's one start, and it, I feel bad for his mother, who they gave the absolute worst seats in the house. They showed a clip of her and Love's girlfriend. They had literally the rosy nosebleeds, top corner wow. of Arrowhead. It's like they did it on purpose as a punishment, but. Jordan Love, I'm not concerned. Like you said, though, it's just a matter of the bye, right, at this point, and now losing this game to the Chiefs, who aren't a great team in the first place at this point in the season. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. And Rodgers potentially will be back next week. It's another afternoon game, this one against the Russell Wilson-less Seahawks, but they might have Russ back. So that'll be interesting to see if they do or not. This Chiefs game was also the late one added when they added that 17th game. The NFL was all over it. They're They're like, oh. We want Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. This is going to be beautiful. And then they get a 20 points combined put up from these two teams. Packers defense really, really stepped up. We can't say enough good things about them until Patrick Mahomes, third down and 10 to ice it, just kind of rolled out of the pocket and finally found his man. So Packers D stood up very, very well for themselves against it's still Patrick Mahomes. I don't care how poor he's been playing this year. It's still Patrick Mahomes. So we love a good Pat Packers defense, but it wasn't enough. At the end of the day, and the Wizards didn't need beat the Bucks. So breaking news at the time of recording, 101.94 is our Sad. final there. Any other thoughts on anything, or are we getting to surprise trivia? Let's get into some trivia. So this is not our final trivia. There would be no need to spin the wheel anyways. We all know what trivia would be this week. However, I had one more slot to throw in a random bit of trivia. We're at 40 combined points right now. You're a beautiful 30 out of 40. College Bowl games will be... Next week or the week after, depends on what we do for episode 36. And here we are today. Trivia. EWC regular season. So I did a Oh, EWC I thought trivia. this was going to be. Okay. Yep. Because I was going to do this one. with Robert. I was going to riddle off some questions. Oh, with him. that would have been interesting. Okay. I figured you were. There are some tough ones in here. Uh, but I think you can get it done. We did an EWC trivia in September. And now we're doing a season finale one just to put a bow on the season listen to that episode with robert if you haven't already full disclosure i actually didn't listen to it yet i just i will listen to it either today or tomorrow i promise but i will get it done and here we go brilliant defeated klc by how many points to win the conference championship shoot um, uh-huh i go blank here it was close it was um it was like six it was three 21 to 18 was oh my score. god of that game. So going blank on the first one. This next question is going to be, like I said, these are tricky though. I didn't want it to be easy. So here we go. Number two, how many quarterbacks threw for over a thousand yards? I think it was three. It was three. Do you think you can name them? Just I for- can. Yeah, I'll name them. It's yeah. Breckheimer, Michael and Clinker. Yes, indeed. Clinker at 1,074, Breckheimer 1,099. Then Robbie Michael, 2,596. So just to put in perspective, how much, not better, but how many more yards Robbie Michael threw for. Next question. One of two so far. Chase Mathias finished with how many more rushing yards than Robbie Michael? Was it 227, 352, or an even 500? I like the 227. It's actually 500, whether you believe it or not. Yes. So Chase Mathias finished with 2,040. And then Robbie Michael 
1,540. Oh, I thought it was going to be closer as well, but here we go. Next question, true or false? This is a fun one. Roncalli didn't score a single point in the first quarter of the season. Is that true or false? That's false, I think. I think they scored against New Holstein. It's actually true. They did not score in the first quarter. This, This is kind of pathetic, though, here. In the second quarter, they scored 20 points. In the third quarter, they only scored six points, but then they scored 30 in the fourth quarter. According, yeah. According, yes, that's what the thing is at the end. That's why the numbers go up so much. But um, I mean, according to Wiss Sports, they didn't, and I'm going to believe them, like they never lie to me. They didn't score a single point in the first quarter. Talk about a slow start. And now a true or false to end it. Here, you got to put your thinking cap on on the standings. True or false, four teams finished with a conference record of three and four. Okay, well, let's name them. It was because TR went four and three. That would mean it would have to be uh, New Holstein went three and four. Keel went three and four. Chilton went three and four. So it's false then. Correct. It was. You did indeed name them all. Okay. So not bad at all. Two out of five for the trivia. 32 out of 45, which is no shame in that, knowing how you did in the first two seasons. We will wrap it up with college bowl games to see how you did out of 50. I mean, even if you get three out of five in that one, 35 out of 50 would not be bad. So how to do a trivia here in the EWC? Some tricky ones. Yeah, it was fun. We like trivia. We love trivia. It's a staple to end the show. And here we are, all set and done. Episode 35 has been concluded. A good one. We got a lot of good content in this episode. And it's just going to be moving forward. You know, we'll be talking some Badgers. We'll be talking some Packers. We will be talking Bucks. We'll be talking high school basketball eventually. We'll be getting back into that, which is very, very exciting. And then we'll be talking some, um, I blanked, college basketball as well. Marquette, like I said, they're going to be back. And it'll be a very interesting season with Shaka Smart as head coach. So can't wait to see how that goes. Badgers basketball, never know what to expect with the Badgers. So college basketball is back. I believe the Badgers play tomorrow, actually. So that's exciting, but that's about all, Drew. You can shout yourself out, and we're going to get out of here. Yeah, you guys know the drill. Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G on Instagram and Twitter. Jordan Law underscore PXP on Twitter for me, and that's all we got, guys. Jordan Drew underscore Sports Crew is our Instagram. Jordan Drew the Sports Crew on YouTube and on Facebook. We'll be keeping you updated on the hoodies. we got some other fun merchandise items planned as well in the future, so thank you all for listening episode 35 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.